0: Good evening, it is 5pm and you're listening to Today in YGK on CFRC 11.9 FM, broadcasting from Lower Carruthers Hall on Queen's campus in Kingston, Ontario. Today in YGK is brought to you by CFRC's News Collective. CFRC's news programming is made possible by the generous support of the Community Radio Fund of Canada under the Local Journalism Initiative, Queen's University Career Services, What'll I Wear at 732 Princess Street and The Screening Room at ScreeningRoomKingston.com. After over 15 years working in Kingston's economic sector, Donna Gillespie, CEO of Kingston Economic Development, was recognized during the President's Dinner and Awards Ceremony for the Economic Developers Council of Ontario (EDCO) last week, taking home the Joseph A. Montgomery Economic Development Achievement Award. The award represents the EDCO's highest honour in economic development, according to a release from Kingston Economic Development. The award pays tribute to the legacy of Joseph A. Montgomery. Who was a driving force behind the establishment of the EDCO and the Economic Development Association of Canada. Gillespie is the fourth recipient of the award since 2017. Mayor Brian Patterson stated quote, I've had the privilege of working alongside Donna for almost a decade. Witnessing the remarkable transformation in our local economy and within the Economic Development Office has been truly inspiring. This award is a well-deserved recognition, end quote. Gillespie had a pivotal role in various crucial initiatives, including bringing Canada Royal Milk to Kingston, spearheading the Kingston Film Office, the creation of the first Kingston Arts Awards of Excellence, and the establishment of the Kingston-Syracuse Pathway. I sat down with Gillespie to talk about this achievement and her work in Kingston. To get us started, I just wanted to ask a bit about how you got your start in business. And like, has this been something you've always been passionate about? Did you find it in university? How did you get your start?
1: My career trajectory has been been interesting and and rather organic. I came to Kingston to study. Um, and at that time, wasn't too sure what my long term plans were. So bounced around in arts and humanities and ended up with a double major in art history and classical studies. And got really involved in the Kingston community while I was doing my undergrad. So started volunteering with the Kingston Arts Council, the Modern Fuel Artist Run Centre. And these organizations gave me an opportunity, A, to, to learn what uh, a not-for-profit or an office setting was like, but B, to get involved uh, on a board of directors. So mm-hmm. over, over time, understanding different roles, be it the treasurer, the secretary role, about board governance, about operational um, assessment. So that that gave me a, an interesting background when I when I by the time I graduated. And really my passion was always about the community in Kingston. When I was a student, mm-hmm. I fell in love with the city. I had the benefit of of having summer jobs on Queen's campus um, during the summer months where a lot of students, I feel, miss out on, on seeing Kingston in the best four months of the year uh, when they, mm-hmm. they go back home. So I had that opportunity to get engaged in the community and really fell in love with it. So my trajectory has really been about community development, um, which led into to more specifically economic development and the attraction of new investment and supporting our business base.
0: What do you find unique about Kingston's business community
1: that really drew you in? The Kingston community, and you can look at things from two sides of every coin, but there really is one degree of separation. It is very easy to to make connections with a wide variety of people. I've always found the community very welcoming, very supportive. Um, And that's really helped in, in my economic development role when we're looking at attracting new investment. And if I can make a phone call and ensure that the mayor or a city councilor is around the table or the head of planning if needed uh, or the base commander that that all makes it um, a team effort and it also allows you to to get a better understanding of of all the different facets of the community. Yeah absolutely and how long have you been in Kingston now then? I came to go to Queen's in 1991. Mm -hmm. And then you stuck around after you fell in love with it? I fell in love. I I, I can say I took a a small hiatus six months and and went to Calgary uh, and then Mm -hmm. came back. I needed I needed to leave in order to choose to come back.
0: Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Yeah. And well, recently you were recognized by the EDCO with the Joseph A. Montgomery Award for shaping the Kingston business community over all these years. Um, Was this award something you were informed about before or was it just a big surprise
1: on that day? It was a surprise. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I I kind of wondered if something was going on based on some of the team members going into, you know, having side meetings. Um, <laughs> but, it, but it was a surprise. It was um, delightful. It was, it's quite an honor. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't know Joseph A. Montgomery myself, but his legacy in terms of uh, the profession in Canada is is well revered. He was, uh, I understand, from Niagara Falls and was one of the the founders of professional organizations for our profession. So the Economic Development Council of Ontario, as well as the Economic Development Association of Canada. So he was very much about looking at economic development as a profession and and supporting career growth of individuals.
0: Mm, Absolutely. And how did it feel to be recognized in this way and to bring this win home for Kingston?
1: Oh, it's a huge honor. It's humbling. Uh, At the award Mm -hmm. ceremony, there was a tribute video that was created that had um, sort of comments from a variety of of business individuals I've worked with and colleagues uh, present and past. And so it's quite an honor. They've only um, handed out this award. I think this is the fourth time they've, they've selected an individual to receive it. So it's humbling. And It's also really, um, it's a nice sort of tribute to the work I've done and to recognize Mm -hmm. um, some of the initiatives that I've been able to start.
0: In a reminder from the City of Kingston, interim property tax bills are due on Thursday, February 29th. Kingston property owners are reminded that interim property tax bills are due on Thursday, February 29th. Property taxes are an important source of revenue for a city and allow for the delivery of essential services. Residents who have not received their bill or who are interested in learning more about and enrolling in the city's pre-authorized payment plan may contact the city by calling 613-546-0000 Monday to Friday between 8am and 5pm. Failure to receive your bill does not excuse property owners from payment or from penalties for late payment. To learn more about property taxes, visit cityofkingston.ca slash tax. Cannonball Crush in Kingston challenges racers with more obstacles than ever before. Early bird registration for Fort Henry's Cannonball Crush obstacle course is open. St. Lawrence Parks Commission, SLPC, is excited to welcome Cannonball Crush back to Fort Henry in Kingston, Saturday, June 8th, 2024. This year, Cannonball Crush racers will be challenged to a brand new course route and new historic-themed obstacles, making for the most obstacles the race has seen before. Cannonball Crush is an exciting and limit-testing 5km race with 20 formidable obstacles which take strength, determination, and team spirit to overcome. Only those who crush these challenges and cross the finish line can claim to have conquered the fort. Designed for 18 plus racers of all fitness levels, the race will take place on Saturday June 8th, 2024 in advance of YGK Craft Beer Fest, where Cannonball Crush Vanquishers receive complimentary admission. Racers can compete alone or in teams, facing this year's new obstacles and returning favorites such as the giant slip and slide. For those who are eager to crush this uphill battle, registration is open, with discounted early bird pricing effective until March 28th, 2024. Competitors are encouraged to register early to guarantee their spot. Regular pricing runs March 29th to May 31st, 2024, and registration will not be available on the day of the event. To learn more, visit cannonballcrush.ca. City and Utilities Kingston schedules are affected by Family Day today. If you're looking for some fun activities this evening, you can head to cityofkingston.ca slash family day. For green garbage and recycling, there is no collection today. Collection occurs the day after your regular pickup day this week. You can sign up for cityofkingston.ca slash collection to receive collection reminders by phone or email. Or get the free Kingston Waste app on your Apple or Android device. Kingston Area Recycling Center is closed. As for transit, bus service is operating on a Sunday service schedule, except for Route 18 which will operate on its regular weekday schedule. Queen's University Late Night Route 17 will be suspended from Friday, February 16th until Sunday, February 25th. Route 20 will be suspended Monday, February 19th until Friday, February 23rd. Administrative offices including Housing and Social Services on Montreal Street are closed. Utilities Kingston and Kingston Hydro are also closed. For the Invista Centre, the fitness centre closes at 6pm. The front desk is open until 8pm and ice bookings will be available until 11pm. The Utillery Park Aquatic Centre, Rideau Heights Community Centre and the Kingston East Community Centre are all open until 8pm. The Kingston Grand Theatre box office is closed. Tickets for all shows can be purchased online 24 hours a day at kingstongrand.ca. The Pump House Museum is also closed today. That wraps up your headlines for this evening. Next up is Zayden Vergara with your sports staff.
2: Good evening, everyone. My name is Zane Vergara, and it's time for your CFRC Sports Rundown. This past weekend, your Queen's University Golden Gales men's basketball team hosted the Ottawa Gigi's and Carlton Ravens in their final weekend of the regular season. This weekend was absolutely pivotal for the Gales because it helped determine the seeding for the playoffs as the Gales came into it as the number three ranked team and the Ottawa Gigi's being the number two ranked team. The last time that these two teams played, there was a 96 to 95 victory for the Gales and that was the first loss that Ottawa had in the entire season and that was only in January. The game would go back and forth throughout the four quarters and overtime would also be required as the ggs held a six point lead in overtime but your golden gales fought back to secure a huge one point win 89 to 88. the very next day the gales hosted the carlton ravens and managed to beat them 77 to 69 securing a 19 and 3 record this being the best in program history to finish atop the OUA standings, giving them the top seed, meaning they'll be hosting every single one of their playoff games. bouncing over to men's hockey on February 14th, last Wednesday, the Gales would host the Concordia Stingers in round one, game one of the OUA playoffs. The match would be close, but Concordia would pull ahead and secure a 1 to 3 victory. But it is a best of three, meaning that the Gales traveled all the way to Concordia on Friday, February 16th. In this game, it was a hard-fought battle, as the Gales opened, scoring early in the first period when holding Kitsali on the back of the net on a goal assisted by Samuel Marburg and Daniel Michaud. Concordia went on to score midway through the second period and then score twice more early in the third period to take a 3-1 lead, but Kitsali had something to say about it as he scored his second in the game late in the third period to poke Queens within one and then to even the game out just over a minute left in play for his third goal and hat-trick. Overtime would be required, and the first one to go scoreless. Then five minutes into double overtime, the Stingers would find the back of the net, propelling themselves to the next round of playoffs and ending the Gales season. Well, the Gales playoffs run has been cut short. It's been an absolute pleasure getting to watch them throughout the season, and I'm looking forward to what head coach Brett Gibson has in store for next year. But on that note, that's all for your CFRC Sports Rundown. Now over to Erica Singh with your campus news update.
3: Welcome to Campus Corner. My name is Erica Singh. Today I'm joined by Calder Bryson from the AMS. Hi Calder, could you please tell us a bit about yourself and your position on the AMS?
4: Yeah, so I am the Chief Electoral Officer for the AMS. So essentially my job is involved or handles all things elections. So it's been a pretty busy couple weeks for me with the rector election, the winter referendum, and now we're kind of working on finding a new AMS executive for the 2024-2025 academic year.
3: And can you please provide an overview of what happened with the no confidence vote at the AMS Assembly on February 13th?
4: Yeah, so essentially what happened is we had one team present themselves to assembly and we went through the debate period and the question period. And the team was able to kind of express some of their views and opinions and actionable items they'd like to um kind of commit to next year for Queens and what their vision for the campus and the student life and the university was. And then um, the team left the room and the ballot opened and all AMS assembly voting members cast their vote. And unfortunately, 21 voting members said no, two said yes, and four abstained. So the team did not pass the vote of confidence and we are now looking for a new team.
3: Were all AMS assembly members
4: present to vote? And if not, how many were missing? So I believe we had four proxies at assembly on Tuesday, but we still had all 27 votes that we would normally have. So there were a few people missing, but they sent people to vote for them. So, all good on that front. And what process is now in place for the selection of the new AMS executive? So, we've kind of moved into the next phase of our contingency plan where basically individuals are allowed to self nominate for individual positions. So, we've kind of removed that slate requirement. Prior to assembly on Tuesday, you kind of had to nominate as a group of three, one VPUA, one VP Ops, and a president candidate. And we've kind of gotten rid of that um, obligation. So now we can have people submit just by themselves, and then they'll be elected as individuals rather than as a whole team. Um, We kind of removed this requirement to make the process even less daunting and more accessible to others. It's a little bit more difficult because you don't always know what kind of Synergy and what kind of collaboration you're going to have amongst a team when you're electing individuals versus a group. But um, we are kind of in an extraordinary situation and we're taking measures to make sure that we do have people to be, be executive for next year. When
3: will information about the next meeting and the processes related to this process be made available
4: on the AMS website and social media? So we're kind of in the planning stages still. We do know that we'll be having the next special assembly after reading week and nominations should be opening. Um. basically as soon as possible on our end. So I hope that kind of gives people time to take a little break during reading week when maybe school isn't as much of a concern for them and really think about if that's something that they're interested in and what kind of ideas they might have going forward. Um, as for specifics, I don't know any of the dates yet. We are still planning. Obviously, our hope had been that we would have a team by now. So we're kind of just moving into the next stage cautiously and finalizing all the details now. How will
3: members of the AMS still be able to participate in the process?
4: Yeah, so similar to how this special assembly was run, members at large are more than welcome to submit questions um, through our online form, or they can watch the live stream and submit questions through the YouTube chat. Um, They're also invited to attend assembly and ask questions live if they're interested. So there are still definitely ways for students to engage. And I would encourage anyone that has like significant concerns or interest to reach out to anyone at the AMS or specifically like their faculty executive, as that is the person that's going to be voting um, for their faculty and for their constituency. So there are opportunities to be involved and to have your voice heard and raise any concerns, even though students, members at large, don't actually get to vote on the executive. And is there anything else you want to add? Um, I think this is just like a really good time to encourage students to think about running, you know, um, a lot of the times there's barriers in place, it's kind of like you, you can't find a team or you don't know enough about the process, but we've kind of removed all of that. And so this is a really great way for someone that has an interest and that is really passionate about Queens and about advocacy and creating positive change to get involved. And I'm sure any of the AMS executive right now would agree with me. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity um, and it's super interesting and you really should capitalize where you can. So yeah, I would encourage anyone that's interested to reach out, ask questions, and get involved. All right. Thank you so much. No worries. Thank you for having me.
3: Once again, that was Calder Bryson from the AMS. Thank you so much. Now over to the next segment.
0: Now it's time for your CFRC weather report. Tonight we're expecting increasing cloudiness early this evening, winds up to 15 km per hour. We have a low of minus 13, wind chill minus 10 this evening, and minus 17 overnight. For tomorrow, we're expecting clouds to clear in the morning. Winds will be up to 15 km per hour, and we have a high of zero, wind chill minus 16 in the morning. The UV index is 2 or low. For tomorrow evening, we're expecting clear skies, with winds becoming 20 km per hour near midnight. We have a low of minus 6, wind chill minus 5 in the evening, and minus 12 overnight. Next up is your CFRC traffic report. Now it's time for your weekly CFRC traffic report. Please note that the winter parking ban is still in effect. Motorists are advised that overnight on-street parking is not permitted. PSPC wishes to advise motorists of an alternating lane closure on LaSalle Causeway for major rehabilitation until the end of April. During this period, one lane will be closed and one lane will remain open for alternating traffic. Motorists should expect short delays. Access will be maintained for pedestrians and cyclists. PSBC encourages users to exercise caution when traveling on the bridge and thanks them for their patience. In road closures, Market Street King to Ontario is closed on February 19th until 10pm for downtown Kingston BIA activations. Market Street King to Ontario will also be closed February 23rd from 7am to 6pm for the removal of Horizon at Springer Market Square. University Avenue Union to Earl is closed until May 29th for the Queen's JDOC project. In parking disruptions, the Hanson Memorial Parking Structure Restoration Project is now underway. The work will take place throughout all levels of the building and will include efforts such as routine structural maintenance, repainting, replacement of waterproofing materials, and other upgrades. The work began earlier this month and is planned to conclude in late December, 2024. The work will be completed in phases to allow the building to remain open to the public parking for the duration of the project. It is anticipated that no more than 50% of the available 271 parking spaces will be closed at any time. There is also parking availability at the Chan Memorial and Robert Bruce Memorial parking garages in the two adjacent blocks to the west. In other delays, Queen Street, Montreal, to Sydenham, expect an eastbound lane closure until April 1st, 2024. Detours will be in place for the duration of the closure. That wraps up your CFRC traffic report. Next up is your events calendar with Danielle.
5: Now it's time for the CFRC Community Concert and Events Calendar for February 19th to 25th. Have an event you'd like covered on our website and news programming? Contact us via cfrc.ca today. Looking for something to do for Family Day? The Tett Center for Creativity and Learning will be collaborating with Draw by Night for a social drawing party on February 19th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Whether you're a doodler or a sketcher, there's something for everyone. Bring your family for a day filled with laughter, art, and creative exploration at the Tet Center. Also on the 19th is Apare Ski with the Caesar Company. From 11am to 4pm, the Caesar Company will bring their mobile bar to Springer Market Square. Enjoy a skate in the square followed by a cozy beverage by the fire. On February 20th, the Beating Circle, a drop-in program at Four Directions Indigenous Student Center, will be hosted from 12 a.m. to 2 p.m. The circle is open to all Indigenous students at Queen's University. You can pick up a new skill, work on an existing project, or just hang out. Beating supplies will be provided. On February 21st, head over to Mitchell Hall to pet Oscar, the fluffy golden retriever. Oscar is a St. John's ambulance therapy dog who will be greeting students on the main floor from 12 to 1 p.m. No registration is required. Feel free to drop in at any point during the hour. On February 22nd, Making Home, A Love Letter to Cataraqui, Kingston, will take place at the Agnes Etherington Arts Centre from 6 to 7.30 p.m. This 45-minute tour focuses on reflecting on place and the concept of making home while observing and exploring artworks in Agnes's current exhibitions. The program will be followed by a 45-minute art-making activity. To register for free, visit agnes.queensu.ca. Also on February 22nd, the Department of Physics, Engineering, Physics, and Astronomy at Queen's University will be hosting an online solar eclipse webinar from 7 to 8 p.m. On April 8, 2024, a rare total solar eclipse will grace Kingston promising a -a once-in-a-lifetime spectacle. This webinar aims to provide the knowledge and resources necessary to fully appreciate the profound beauty of this cosmic spectacle. To register for free, visit queensu.ca forward slash physics forward slash solar eclipse webinar series. Once registered, you will receive a Zoom link and password. Snuggle up around a cozy fire pit in downtown Kingston this winter. On February 23rd at Springer Market Square, warm up between trips around the skating rink and sip sweet hot chocolate by the fire pits, which will be lit around the square from 5 to 8 p.m. The fire pits will also be lit every subsequent Friday from 5 to 8 p.m., Saturday 12 to 8 p.m., and Sunday 12 p.m. to 5 p.m. Also on February 23rd, Fresh Food Market Pop-Up, an initiative of Kingston Community Health Centers, will appear at the YMCA from 9.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Fresh Food Market Pop-Up brings affordable produce and chef-created gourmet, healthy options to Kingston and surrounding areas every week. Visit freshfoodmkt.ca for more information. On February 24th, Kingston's Cat Show will be held at Portsmouth Olympic Harbor from 9 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Come for an hour or the whole day. Admission is $5 for seniors and children, $8 for adults. Purchase tickets at zephy.com. Are you a trans, non-binary, genderqueer, fluid, or any other non-cisgender person who wants a safer space to swim and to meet other students and wider trans community members? Head over to the Athletic and Recreation Center on February 25th at 2.30 p.m. for a solidarity swim. Swimmers will meet at the ARC Earl Street entrance at 2.20 p.m. This event is free and open to the wider Kingston community. For more information and to register, visit GoGalesGo.com. Moving into our concerts for the week, on February 19th, Angela Verbrecht-Duo will be performing a tribute to Tony Bennett at the RCHA Club from 4.30 to 6.30 p.m. Tickets are $20 and can be purchased on Eventbrite. On February 20th, Tom Savage will be hosting an afternoon happy hour jam at the RCHA Club. This is an open mic jam with Tom Savage and friends where everyone is welcome. The event is free and runs from 4 to 7 p.m. On February 21st, Clear Breeze will be performing at the RCHA Club from 7 to 10 p.m cover is $5. Also on February 21st, a free open mic night will be taking place at St. Larry's Pub from 7 to 10 p.m. This is all ages. On February 22nd, there will be a free karaoke night at the Royal Tavern from 7 to 10 p.m. On February 23rd, the Strombolas will be performing at the Isabel Bader Center for the Performing Arts. Doors open at 7 p.m. and the concert starts at 8 p.m. Tickets vary in price and can be purchased at ticketscene.ca. Also on February 23rd, Lisa Lehman and Friends will be performing a stand-up comedy show at the Royal Tavern from 4.30 to 7 p.m. for free. This event is 19+. On February 24th, KPP concerts will be hosting Tara Lightfoot with Greg McPherson at the Broom Factory from 7 to 10 p.m. Tickets are $25 and can be purchased at TicketScene.ca. Also on the 24th is Alternative Rock at the Mansion. Echoes, The Sweet Machete, and The Winter in Canada will be performing at the Mansion from 8pm to 12am. Cover is $10 and the event is 19+. On February 25th, Angela Chen will be making her solo recital debut at the Isabel Bader Center for the Performing Arts. Consistently praised for her brilliant technique, tonal beauty, and superb musicianship, Canadian pianist Angela Chen is one of the country's national treasures. The performance starts at 2.30pm. Tickets vary in price and can be purchased at QueensU.ca. Slash the Isabel, and lastly on February 25th, head over to the Tucan at 10:30 p.m. for a free 19-plus karaoke night. This has been Danielle with your weekly event and concerts calendar. Wishing you all a great week.
0: Thank you for tuning in to CFRC's local news programming. To revisit episodes of Today in YGK and hear more from some of our guests, you can head to our podcast network at podcast.cfrc.ca. Today in YGK is brought to you by the generous support of the Community Radio Fund of Canada under the Local Journalism Initiative, Queen's University Career Services, What'll I Wear at 732 Princess Street, and The Screening Room at ScreeningRoomKingston.com. Be sure to stay tuned for more CFRC programming coming up
5: next.